Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Athletics Productions. We've got a special guest in today. As you can see, she was in the World Championship recently. And we've got Morgan Lake. She's an eye jumper, but some people might say she wants to do something else as well. <laughs> so we'll ask her about it. Okay, how are you um, doing today? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Good. How was your competition being this season obviously it's been a long season for you a long season. really <laughs> long season when did you start competing this year so i started in january so yeah so new like season. season did you go to the um, british Miller games yeah the one in glasgow so no there was no hydrogen in glasgow so my okay. first like prop competition was in Czech republic um they have like a little high jump tour quite cool um and then did trials europeans and then yeah had a break what was your um best competition mm. over the indoor season so i'll put it in two ways so yeah best series mm -hmm. and then like best overall height over the indoor season so my first competition was that one in january so yeah. 197 British record, PB, like, I was like, oh my God, this is my year. I'm yeah. gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go, like go to Doha, win it, basically. This is, mm -hmm. this is it. Um, and then it kind of went down a little bit from there, went to trials, jump 94, became British champs. So I was like, okay, it's cool. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of just went down and down from there. Um, so why do you think, do you think it's cause it's went on for so long? Mm -hmm. Or um, do you just think it's just the preparation were just not, or your body just, sort of gave yeah. up at that point because it's, it yeah. is quite a long time to from january to september mm -hmm. to pretty much train and have you ever done that before no never done that before. <laughs> um yeah i think so in january i was like i really want to just do short-term goals so i was like okay i want to do well in january get my standard for world champs out the way which mm -hmm. i did and then i'm like right i'm going to focus on european champs um and then a couple weeks after that first competition my dad had a stroke which was like a massive, massive shock to our family. Um, like he was my coach as well before that. <laughs> he was my coach at the time, but he's always been like really involved in my athletics. So that kind of gave me a different perspective on my, like that wasn't my number one focus anymore, okay. but also I want to do well to like kind of like make him proud and mm -hmm. like, I didn't want to completely change my life, so. Yeah, because mentally that would have affected mm -hmm. you, no matter how yeah. old you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How, how did that affect you? So obviously yeah. that's happened in mm. the middle of like, your early part of your season. Yeah. Um, and then that happens that mentally, when you were trying to compete, yeah. was that kind of on your mind as well? Almost, almost yeah, like yeah, a barrier? Yeah. yeah, so that what happened the week of British Champs. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I didn't think he, like anyone really expects me to compete, but I was like, in my head, I know I'm in really good form. Yeah. And I know that he wouldn't want me to not compete just because of him. Like, I think he kind of felt, not obviously not guilty, but like, I don't know how he would have felt. But I was like, <laughs> I want to go out and compete and like do him proud. Um, so I jumped 194, became British champion. And no one really knew at the time. I was doing interviews and I was like, quite happy. Like, I was almost shocked about how it didn't really affect me. And then mm. I think after that, it just kind of all Can't hit at once. Yeah. Um, like once I've just kind of got that out of the way, I was like, oh, this is, this is more than athletics. This is a, like a big thing that's going on in my life. Whereas beforehand, I think like everything had been kind of around performance wise. Like yeah. Yeah. Um, if things hadn't gone well, I'll be upset, but like that's the only reason for that kind of like mindset. Um, and then, yeah, going to, <clears throat> sorry, 
<laughs> Adrian's gone. Um, going to uh, the European Champs, I think I was just like so emotionally drained. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've been like a few months later, and that kind of like cut off my season. And I was like, right, I made the final, mm-hmm. um, third attempt, but I made the final, <laughs> got there, yeah. <laughs> and didn't do as well as I'd hoped to perform. But I was like, right, it, like athletics isn't an indoor sport. Like it's absolutely amazing to do well indoors but everything for me was going towards outdoor. yeah exactly yeah. going towards Doha. <laughs> yeah definitely do you do you think i think um someone else touched on this but i can't think mm. who it was do you think that there is a massive gap between being world indoor champion or world european mm-hmm. um, european indoor champ versus being the outdoor equivalents do you think there's a massive gap between them or would you say like well i'm champion regardless mm. of whether it's indoors or outdoors I'm still champ. It's a hard one. I think it depends on the event. Mm-hmm. Um, depends on where we kind of, what season we're in. So like obviously going to Olympic season and yeah. there's a World Indoor Champs and I don't think a lot of people will be going to it. I mean, it's in yeah. China. It's quite late. And with an early Olympics, it's like that is a hard turnaround if you're going to go into that championships and like give it your all. And then prepare yourself. And then prepare, yeah, prepare yourself like to get to Tokyo. <laughs> the last... This last, let's say like the last year, so we'll go from this year into next yeah. year, they've not played it into you guys' hands. Yeah, literally, it's been because, like one after the other, isn't uh-huh. it? Yeah. So you finished, I mean, some people's season finished in August, obviously, yeah. as your, um, yourself finished late September, yeah. early October. Now you're back into training um, from what you said earlier on. Mm-hmm. And then it's World, World Indoor Champs next year. Yeah. And then you've got Olympics as well. And is there anything else in and between that time? not in between but obviously got European champ which is mm-hmm. I think it's two weeks after the Olympics um, the Grand Prix and like all the Diamond Leagues and stuff are just like straight after so the season's Europe- just so, so out so just started <laughs> so wait, you've got Olympics and then and European then Europeans. okay so for yourself mm-hmm. would you try to do both or would you say you know what I've had the Olympics and I'm happy with that or yeah. would you try and go for more I think because I'm not planning to do world indoors, mm-hmm. I think I would almost. Well, I'm hoping, yeah. <laughs> hoping that I go to Tokyo. <laughs> I need to qualify. No, you're going. You're going. <laughs> you're going. Um, yeah, in a perfect world, I do probably Tokyo. And then, if you're already in that form, I feel mm-hmm. like it's quite early, and to really be in that top form, it'd be stupid not to go and do another championships after that. If so, title yeah. on the line, I suppose. So, yeah. what do you, what do you think the um, team selection is going to be like? Because obviously, if you love you guys are not going to do the indoors mm-hmm. would that be more chance or would you expect more juniors to come into yeah. that stage or we would or we do not pick them because obviously yeah. it might be too mentally draining for some of the junior ones to go in because you went to the olympics under 20 yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's scary because she's still, Brazilian, like, right? <laughs> still quite young yeah, like, yeah. how did you find that whole experience for, for yourself? Uh-huh. Was that your first major event? Well, um, for senior level. So my first major was, I think I was 17, I made the European Champs team in, I should know what that was, I can't even remember where it was. I think it was in France. 2013. Well, I can't remember where it was. It was somewhere, <laughs> somewhere in Europe. <laughs> 2013, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was my first one, coming off the back of World Juniors, which is right. the same year, 2014. And, um, yeah, I think it was a weird experience for me because I just wanted to make the team. Mm-hmm. So I didn't expect to make the team. That wasn't my aim at all that year. Um, it's just making the team. I was like, cool, that's great. <laughs> um, next year was the World Champs 2015. Again, I was just like, 
so happy to make the team. team and once I got there, I was disappointed in my performance, but like my aim was just to get to, get world to champs. that point. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and then by the time I got to the Olympics, it was like my third major champ. So I wanted to do well. I think I went into that. Like I did, I made the final, I wanted to make the final on that. Again, I was like, right, I've kind of done what I need to do. How old are you again, if you don't mind me asking? 22. 22, okay. So bearing in mind that you are still quite young, mm -hmm. It's interesting that you that you no longer have that. Oh, well, you know, like I'm still young. I'm looking mm. to gain experience, blah blah blah, because you already have that. Yeah. Um, how would you speak to like an athlete who's probably just a couple of years younger than mm -hmm. you, trying to do the same thing? How what kind of advice would you give them going forward? Because you're still mm. like on the really young side yeah. of being in the senior team. It is weird because I, I mean, I started when I was five, so I've been doing this a long, long <laughs> okay. time, and I think I need to kind of remember how old I am. Like at the end of World Champs, I was just so upset with how I performed. And I mm -hmm. need to think like, I am still 22, I am still learning. Mm -hmm. Although I have been in the sport a long time, there is still things I like learn and learning now. So I probably just say, enjoy every opportunity mm -hmm. um, and don't change things too much. I think the biggest thing that I did was, so in 2016, made it the Olympic final and then decided to just completely change my setup, change okay. everything. Um, moved for Loughborough, changed coaches. Um, although it was working, like become, I was world junior champion, um, European champion, like things were doing well, but mm -hmm. I was like, right, I don't know how like to change this. I need to obviously get better. Um, so I was like, I'll just move. So I think I just say to people kind of like, if it's working, yeah, stick with just... it. <laughs> stick with it if it's working and just, yeah, just take every year as it comes. So what was the pressure like? Because obviously, You've now been there since you were, like I said, at 17. Yeah. And then this year going into the world champs, mm -hmm. what was that pressure like? Because now there, there would have been an expectation yeah. of you trying to obviously either get PB or pushing mm -hmm. into the medals. What was that pressure like going in, knowing obviously people all believed in what you, what you could do? Yeah. And after your last jump, because I was watching that, and after your last jump, you seemed so disappointed. Yeah. What was it like coming outside of that, you know, leaving the stadium mm -hmm. and then everything sinking in again? Yeah. What was that like for you? Um, it was a bit different this year because, like, it was very, obviously a very long season. Um, yeah. So I got injured in April, um, the last week of all weather training. Yeah. And it was, thought it was like a tiny injury. So I kind of was like, oh, I'll be about a week. It was more than a week. <laughs> Two weeks, three. Like, it took about a month to kind of get over it, but right. I wasn't really training properly in that time. And by the time I, like, the injury felt like it had gone, I was like, cool, like, just straight into training so, now, straight into competition. So I went straight in for the first Diamond League of the year, which was Oslo for me. Yeah. Um, and jumped 185, which is probably like one of the lowest I've jumped on the international scale for. A few years, um, so that really kind of hit me because I was like, oh, I actually went straight into competition, but I haven't done the training to compete. To compete. Mm -hmm. um, so then that was kind of playing in my mind. And then throughout the season, it just kind of went down and down and down, <laughs> um, to be honest. But so, yeah, I moved coach mid-season. So I went from <clears throat> training in Loughborough to coming home and training my dad mm -hmm. again. Um, and yeah, the competitions weren't, weren't great. And then British champ, so luckily kind of filled it back up again. Um, came British champ, 94, which qualified for Doha. So it was all kind of getting better and better by then. But I think the time I got to Doha, I was done. <laughs> <laughs> Mentally and physically, I think I was, it was just a bit that step too far. Mm -hmm. right. um, 
But obviously, in my head, I'm a competitor, so I want to do well. Because in the British Champs, you won KJT, we're going at it. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was really good, because obviously it was in the middle of, was it the 100 meters? Or, yeah. like, or the two, and like... The two, I think. They kept having to stop everyone just for yeah. you guys to jump. And, you know, in that moment where you did make the jump, mm -hmm. it was amazing, because you were both like really happy for each other yeah, at the same yeah. time and just knowing you were going yeah and going back to your dad again mm -hmm. was he there this yeah. time yeah 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 he was there this time um he actually made like a like ridiculous recovery so he's completely back to being normal no. now which is amazing um so yeah he was there coaching me the couple of weeks before it mm -hmm. um so yeah that for me that was like almost my world champs because i put so much into it and the season had just gone so badly. I, there was points in the season where I was like, I don't even think I can high jump anymore. Like mm -hmm. I just lost all faith in myself and my ability and everything. So I think by the time I got to Doha, I was just so, I obviously wanted Relieved. to do well. Yeah, <laughs> oh. I wanted to do well, I wanted to make the final, but in the back of my mind, I knew that it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. gonna be my chance to be honest. If you, so during that period where you was like, oh, I don't even know if I can do this anymore. Yeah. Would it have been a thing where you look to do another sport within track and field because you mm -hmm. was a heptathlete before? Yeah. So would you have looked at, okay, so when I was doing this, this was another event that I was good at, or yeah. would you have just shut it down completely? Yeah, I feel like the whole, the, like the last few years have been like, okay, when I go back to heptathlon, when I go, and I think <laughs> my head's just always been um, kind of like thinking about that mm -hmm. as well as high jump. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was, I've never done with the sport, but I think mid-season I was like, I'm just so done with this event. I think it's just <laughs> so draining to do that same thing, the same training, the same run-up. It was just really, really got to me. Mm -hmm. um, then it's also another thing, like when it's going well, it's the best it's thing really ever. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, I know I was only thinking that because it was going badly and I was like, yeah. I can do all these other events and I'm just almost just- Waiting. Yeah, waiting for, it, <laughs> for the time to, to come where I can get it back. the event that you know, that came to you, mm. essentially. Um, one thing I have always wanted to ask a high jumper is, you do these steps um, all the time, mm -hmm. like in training, it's just regiment, keep, yeah. keep it going. When you don't get that jump, mm -hmm. how do you reset yourself? And like, do you ever think, to, okay, this is why that didn't work. Like, yeah. how do you go, like, what process do you go through yeah. to make it right when it's gone wrong? Yeah, I think a lot of it is about feeling. I mean, you've mm -hmm. done that jump so, so many times and you can you just know when it's gonna go wrong, when, yeah. it's, when it's gone wrong. Um, the three attempts is great. If it was one attempt, <laughs> the world record would be nothing like it is. Okay. Um, yeah, that really. Would, is that something that you have thought about like aspiration-wise, like, oh, I wanna break the world record or is it more important to get titles and championships? Mm. It's a tough one. Mm -hmm. Like it's the whole like, would you rather world record or Olympic gold? And I think I've always said Olympic gold because yeah. no one can take that away from you. Yeah. And yeah. world records, you're just watching the rest of your life. Like, you're <laughs> <laughs> me. Nighty, I'm just waiting. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's I'm, like on your deathbed, just watching the yeah. Do you know what? It's funny that you say that because sometimes like when you've got like, um, like for Jonathan Edwards, when the triple jumps yeah. on, I'm sure he He's must stressed. be sitting there. Like, <laughs> is it today is it he's today stressed. and then he sees something over 80 meters and he's like okay no no, no oh, I'm that's good, good I'm that's good, good. Like, can you imagine <laughs> both and obviously with Coleman coming through now and one day you know there's like a because obviously he had Tyson Blake mm -hmm. he had everyone around him if Coleman can get that around him and someone was going to push for that world record 
Can you imagine him sitting there? I'm, like, I'm going to come out of retirement. <laughs> it's funny that you say that. I think he'd actually be okay. I think he'd be all right. I mm. think he'd, he would just, for him, it'd be a case of, all right, that's one I've record. That's one yeah. record done. Oh, yeah, you know, records, two as well. Yeah. Yeah. Records are there to be broken. And then he can always turn and say, yeah, but I've got X amount of medals. Yeah, in my medals, yeah. yeah like, he's such like, a great athlete anyway like such yeah. a legend it's like no one can take that away from him it's like no matter what you could take one thing but he's still got this mm. he's got 12 and medals. <laughs> if i was him i would look at my medal tally versus yeah. how long that record, record might stand because that's mm -hmm. 10 years now like christ i'm like 10 years yeah. 10 years for that record but if he if he um if you look through the record books of olympics and world championships yeah that's mm -hmm. always going to be there. You'll never not look at that and say, oh, well, oh, it's fallen down a bit. Yeah. You'll never look at that. Because obviously, Nows was like saying it was going to break the 200 meter record. I didn't think it was. But, because <laughs> <laughs> like, it, was, it was so, it wasn't running as efficient as it will, it would need to, yeah. to break that record. And everyone was like talking about it, but it was not going to do that at that competition. Mm. It might still do it. Yeah, it might still do it in the future. Both might just sit there going, you know what, another year. <laughs> Have I had another year onto this? I would sooner see the 100 meter record go mm. before the 200. That That's my personal opinion. I think the 100 is easier to go than the two because yeah. i think even even as good as noah Laos is i reckon he'll get to about 19.3 america i think then, get yeah. the american record first yeah and, and then, then we can will. start looking at that but um so you yeah. said that you've been doing this since you were five yeah um that's <laughs> long that's a long time, <laughs> that a long time. <laughs> very long time um so when you say you've been doing this since you were five do you yeah. mean sports or track and field so track and field okay well things i can't even remember a time that I haven't done track. Like that's okay. that's how long I've been doing it. Mm -hmm. um, but it wasn't the only sport I was doing. Uh, did basically every single sport I could. So I think, so my dad was an athlete when he was younger. Mm -hmm. So I think naturally because the passion that he had in it, I always kind of thought like, that's what I want to go into. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I started when I was really, really young. And I think- <sighs> He's there training you around the track. Yeah, he was <laughs> running along behind him. Club. <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, so I did like tennis, swimming, netball, like everything. But yeah. athletics was always a sport where I was like, right, this is... The others were like, I enjoy them more like hobbies. Yeah. I just was like, I'm going to make a career out of this. Like, this is what I love. There's nothing else like in the world that I liked as much mm -hmm. as athletics. Okay. Um, I think it was good because also like at my club, well, at the track I was at, there was like Mark Lewis Francis, Marlon Devonish, all the time just like hanging around um so i think i was always around stars and mm -hmm. always around people where i could see this is actually a career this is a this is a living whereas the other sports was like yeah this is enjoyable but i don't really have interesting yeah so yeah if you had to pick a sport that mm -hmm. wasn't track and field what would you have gone for <sighs> so hard well if i was really good at it yeah any sport yeah. probably tennis okay um, tennis i always found tennis I always find tennis really difficult. Like, really? yeah, I cannot play tennis. Oh, no, I'm not very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, if I was good at it. I mean, I I tried it in school. Yeah, wasn't wasn't for me. Then I thought, you know what? Come, guys, let's get some rackets yeah, and we'll yeah. go down the park. And I still couldn't get it. And in badminton, for for whatever reason, I was like, yeah, cool, got this. Badminton's <laughs> this is fun. Yeah. But tennis for me was just it was never a thing. Yeah. But I mean, if you can throw the ball up and get it over the net, that's all you need to do. All, all credit, all credits to you because I can't do that. If 
I try, I miss the ball, it goes somewhere yeah. else. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's not for me. But okay, so been doing track since you were five. Mm. Um, having the stars there to kind of push you along in terms of saying, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Um, what was your like first track and field event? Like first competition, if you can remember back that far. I think it was more like the sports hall stuff. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, that was so fun. <laughs> That's probably, yeah, when I first got into it, and I was doing like standing long jumps, standing yeah. like all those stuff. Yeah. But in yeah. my head, I was like, I want to be a long jumper. That's okay. all I want to do. Um, didn't even know what multi events was. Yeah. I was like, I don't like cross country, so I'm not <laughs> getting anything to do with that. It's um, always cross country going on. Like I've never noticed it. It's always something going on. Cross country is the worst <laughs> thing. I try my hardest to get out of that. I've never I done it. Never oh, will do it. Never done it. I've never done it. So jealous. At, at the most, I might in a week i might do a three to five k that is absolutely wow. it yeah. i'm not and even then it's a struggle to get up to say i'm going I'm to do, do this because <laughs> i could easily do like the first 10 minutes and be like you know what i'm going home this yeah. ain't for me i just go to the gym and just cycle <laughs> with a 5k but yeah yeah cross country is not not the one um yeah so i was like okay so my dad was a triple jumper he mm-hmm. was coaching a jumps group so i was like yeah that's what that's what i'll go into um, so I think my first few competitions were, I did everything, mm-hmm. but I never really thought of it as, I'll do everything, so I'll do heptathlon. It was more yeah. just, I'll do everything because that's what my club make me do. <laughs> oh, the whole, oh, come on, Morgan, we just do it, just do it for a yeah. point. You ain't got to jump really high, just get over the bar. Exactly. Like, just throw the shot put. But then I'm so competitive, so I was like, I can't just like go do out it. and do it. Like, like I have to win it. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, that's it. I ha- that's yeah, that was my negotiation. That's, that's another question because um, I've got a little athlete that doesn't know if she wants to do it. She's really yeah. good at the sprints and the jumps. Yeah, yeah. But she actually doesn't know if she actually wants to go into a athlete itself mm-hmm. because of the thrills and other things. And it's like, what advice do you, because I still encourage her to do everything because yeah. it's probably the best way. Yeah. But what advice do you even give to like someone? Because mm. she's quite small. Right. <laughs> she's really like she's really really small like five foot <laughs> and our family is they're all quite small so she's not gonna yeah, grow okay and but she really enjoys Just doing like that's true <laughs> that's true and our strengths are really strong what yeah. advice do you give to someone that young she's 13 yeah okay that young for going into this event like do you just mm-hmm. carry on and just grow your confidence or do you slowly find something you like mm-hmm. and really focus on that while still trying to do the rest yeah i think I've, i'd always like tell any young athlete to do everything yeah. because there's been loads of people i've trained with when i was younger who have just specialized too early and then dropped out That's the sport it. yeah um mostly because they're not interested in it anymore and they've just kind of got bored of it and found something else um but it's not the only reason to carry on doing everything yeah. um but i think it just gives you that overall like conditioning as well and like, i know that i've I was a better, well, better high jumper before when I was doing everything and I was actually like stronger in loads of different areas. Um, I think stuff with like throws, you just, they're skills. Just like skill. you're gonna, you're gonna grow and you're gonna get better at them. Mm-hmm. Um, it. <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. Like, well, the first time I threw a shot put, it went nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. <laughs> I was like, this is nice. I guess your height was what helped though. Like, yeah. Just, just launch it up there. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I can vouch for you. I am not on throw side of things at all. 
like and people say oh well you know if you've got long levers it yeah. kind of helps and i'm like yeah but there's no strength behind these levers so i had no strength behind my levers but i think with like shot put and javelin it's really just getting the technique technical. right yeah mm-hmm. it's such technical event i think if you get that then you can just build and everything else just yeah. get that like underlying skills everything so at what point did you decide mm. to just focus on Nigel? I think the weird thing about it was it was never really a decision. Um, <laughs> it was kind of, yeah, it just kind of happened. So in 2016, um, like my main aim for that year was to make Rio in the heptathlon. Um, and I didn't make that, but I made the high jump. Um, right. So I was like, right, okay, cool. I'll just do high jump there and then go back to heptathlon that next season. So I did go back to heptathlon, um, went to a new coach, new setup, and it just wasn't really working for me. Um, but then we had London 2017 that year. So I was yeah. like, I need to be in London. I need to meet the world champs team. I'll just go for high jump again. Um, and I think it's kind of, just kind of happened so like that. So do you have different coaches? Obviously for those events, mm-hmm. do you have just one coaches that, coach that goes through it? Or do you have different coaches in different setups? Because how do you yeah. communicate that? I want to focus more on high jump now. <laughs> um, see you in a year yeah. time. <laughs> um, yeah, I did have loads of different coaches. Um, I had like my, well, when, in my old setup, I had my dad as my long jump and speed coach. And then mm-hmm. I had a high jump coach, throws coach, S&C. So I had like loads of different people. Different. And then my dad who was coordinating it. So how did you communicate that period where you were uh-huh. like, I just want to do high jump for this season and then did it again? Yeah. <laughs> how did you communicate that with them? It was a weird one because it didn't really happen until like later on in the summer. Oh, until right. like a couple of weeks before the champs. That's mm-hmm. when I was like, well... This isn't going. This isn't going to plan. So I'm gonna have to just go. Oh, yeah, because you know how many points you can potentially get, yeah. and then you can just work your way through it. Oh, that's a yeah. well. I mean, that, that's fair enough, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so next season yeah. or next year, if you see yourself really good at everything, mm-hmm. would you go back into it? I think with Tokyo being so close, I'm just like, I just can't even like think Thinking. about that anymore yeah. mm-hmm. i think the last two years i've always just thought okay when i go back when if i was doing this this this, and i think my head's just been so like completely confused about yeah. what i'm actually wanting to do and like how i feel as an athlete so this year i'm just yeah being like i'm just gonna do high jump, high jump. and then after that after tokyo after europeans and stuff just maybe like yeah. reevaluate and so you got four years and then I suppose in in some sense it's better that you've done it the way that you have because obviously where Olympics is every four years you've you'll be at the end of that cycle yeah. so at the end of it you can say okay going into this next um four year cycle mm-hmm. dad this is what I want to do yeah um how do we go back to this like how yeah. would you how would you even alter your training to go back oh, I to, don't doing, want to, think about it. <laughs> to doing all that different training? Like how many days a week do you train at the moment? So at the moment I train, I think it's four, five days a week. Okay. Um, but the training is just so different. Like I used to train five days a week, but I would do so much in that mm-hmm. day. Um, yeah. Whereas now <clears throat> it's more just, some days I'll just do gym and like a short speed session. Some days I'll do just technical sessions. So although I am training a lot, mm-hmm. I'm not training for as long or doing as much. What is gym like as a high jumper? Mm. What what does it consist of? Um, what, what does your training consist of? Just a lot of like fast explosive stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
lot of yeah basically just like all lower limb don't do any upper body okay so that's what when i go back i'm like oh god it's gonna be so hard <laughs> uh, do like anything um so yeah that gym side of it's changed quite a lot but mm-hmm. um yeah just more just like explosive stuff really. okay so when you're doing the explosive stuff mm-hmm. um does that sometimes happen after you've done a track session or do you have like separate okay so monday's just gym yeah and then tuesday's just track and then wednesday it could be gym and track mm-hmm. is it kind of like that or um, does so it just vary yeah kind of vary i mean gym's usually always after like a technical session mm-hmm. um not really sure why but that's just how <laughs> i mean i think i'd be dead if i tried to do a high gym session after gym have um, you tried it no because <laughs> i know i know um there are some athletes who do gym in the morning and then track in the evening yeah. or literally track straight off the gym yeah would that be something that you would look to try or do you know yourself well enough now that that's not going to be a thing <laughs> no i think to get the best out of both sessions i'd need to kind of do it the way i'm doing it okay um, yeah i don't know enough i'm just like you write the program i'll just i'll just do <laughs> I'll it just, i'll just, I'll just turn it off <laughs> like, you just tell me what i need to do I'll exactly get it done. what would be your favorite exercise in the gym then if it's all speed based effectively um it's not as speed based, probably leg press. I don't even know why. I just just love it. <laughs> it. Okay, so when you're doing leg press, is it more like load up as much as you yeah. can and, and get it out the way or Yeah, yeah that's basically what it is. Hammer it out. We do a bit of both. I mean, towards like <clears throat> the competitive part of the season I'll do mm-hmm. like fast, light explosive. Yeah, explosive stuff. And then in winter that's like that heavy, as much as you can put on it, yeah. Go. So <laughs> how does <laughs> like that, that side. <laughs> how when you have those sessions, uh-huh. like prior, how do you get yourself ready for that? Is it is that another process you go through mentally or can mm-hmm. you just wake up and say, all right, cool, I've got gym. I'm gonna go and get it done. Um, yeah, with gym, I think I can just kind of get into the gym, do it. Mm-hmm. I think with technical high jump sessions, that's really different mindset. I need to almost get into that competitive side of it because I'm not that great at jumping in like in a non-competitive environment, so I can't really, because I'm jumping against myself. Yeah. It's like, it's, so, <laughs> it's harder. So do you have like a, a set standard that you set yourself in training to say, okay, cool, I need to work around this to mm-hmm. then go higher? Yeah, so I usually just have like a few technical points and then mm-hmm. just work on those and jump higher. Because obviously every single session it's like, I can jump high, but if mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm jumping, I'm jumping high, high, how I'm going to jump or higher. How to jump high, yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, work on the little technical bits. So have you got a training um, group? Well, <laughs> kind of. I mean, because I left my group kind of mid-season mm-hmm. um, and obviously it wasn't planned. Um, I did kind of drop my group then. Um, and now I'm just training with my dad. Um, but this first part of the winter is just, just the grunt work, I guess. It's just getting, getting all the work done to be able to jump. Um, but I will be jumping with people January. Yeah, because I just, I just, I think I used to see you in Birmingham mm-hmm. yeah, on yeah. the weekends when yeah, you were doing the coaching classes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was always because you guys are always like trying to jump, and then there's like people in the background doing the coaching yeah. classes, throwing. Yeah, yeah. That was fun. Well. <laughs> Do when you're doing the winter training, mm-hmm. is there a mixture of it being outdoors and indoors, like jumps wise, or? is it all based off of like that time of the year so obviously when it gets cold so say like from next month yeah till maybe march yeah indoors and then you go outdoors or is there a nice mixture between um yeah all my jumping would be indoors okay. and then the rest of stuff's a bit of both 
Okay. Um, but luckily with high jump, I'm not having to run that far. So yeah. after I've done like the first few weeks of like the longer runs, um, then it cuts down quite a bit. So is that uh, skip that, that that sounded like <laughs> yeah. the, the longer runs? What's the long run for a high jumper? Because I know it because it varies quite yeah. quite a lot between any of the jump events. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. obviously for a long jumper and a triple jumper, it's mm -hmm. quite speed based, yeah. and then maybe depending on who your coach is, it could be 120s the max yeah. that you do. Sometimes it's as much as 300. Yeah. Um, for yourself, what would it, what would be a long session for you? I think this year, probably the max is going to be 200, 250, something like that. Okay. Um, I mean, start winter, I'll be doing like 20 minute runs mm -hmm. um, and like longer, like far leg sessions and stuff. And then by the time I get to competing, I'll be like 60 meters max, which is, Speed, nice, speed, yeah, all speed based. But would that be in a high, in a high amount or quite short, snappy stuff? Quite, sh yeah. By the time I'm competing, it'll be quite short, snappy stuff. Um, then go back into harder training again. So I'll be doing 150s, 200s in like April time, mm. well March, April time, depending on what I kind of end up doing indoors. Okay. Um, so yeah. Sounds cool. Sounds <laughs> cool. Too bad. Um, what was your? F so you've been competing or been doing track and field since you were five yeah um i think most things start around and well, with the under 11 stuff mm -hmm. um first outdoor i assume would be under 13 yeah um when did you start getting the, the thought process for english schools southerns mm -hmm. um counties yeah um English kind school. Of like backwards, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know work out how old how old are you in English schools? Uh, Juniors. As young as yeah, so 15. thirteen. Okay. 13, yeah, 14. 14. Um yeah, so my I think with me, because my dad was my coach and I've always been in that kind of mindset where this is my career, everything was quite yeah, everything was quite serious from a young age. I think that's why mm -hmm. I did have that quite a lot of success at a young age, because yeah. I was that far ahead in terms of like my training and my mindset and all that kind of stuff. So I think my first English schools, it was, yeah, it was a weird one. I mean, I won it, which was great. I did yeah. long jump, um, but like every morning, my dad made me do like circuits before breakfast. Like it was intense. Circuit. It wasn't like, oh my God. circuits were breakfast. Basically, yeah. It wasn't like, oh, I'll go to English schools and see how I do. It was like, you're going to English schools. To win you're it. gonna do well. Like, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was weird. I think that's why I feel like I've been in the sport for so long because it has been very serious from a very young age. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but that was, it was, I say it was really serious. It was fun as well. I mean, like English schools, UK school games, all the Southern champs, like- UK school games. Wow. UK school games is the best time yeah. ever. Wow, you're and taking that, it back some years. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the end of season as well. That was all in September time. Mm. So you've been on holiday, you're back, I think you're back at school. Yeah. yeah, and then you go yeah. away first for a week. Yeah. yeah, you actually, but you are back at school. <laughs> yeah, by the time also, this is around. great because <laughs> that's normally either the middle of September or towards like the end of September. Yeah. So, but there was always good performances. Like mm. I always remember seeing it, and the performances were almost mirrored of like maybe um, England champs or something. Yeah. So, because a lot of people like go into it thinking, oh, whatever happens in my season this day is just for me to enjoy. Yeah, like, <laughs> people didn't really care, but they were just like, I'm just going to perform, and if I get PB, I don't obviously season yeah happy days exactly. so did you go english schools every every year throughout your junior career no so i think i went to english schools twice okay or maybe three times all those times i did long jump um then the last time i did it was 2013 which was 
the same year as World Youths. Okay. Um, and I got, I think I got three no jumps. So that was, that was good. That was a good time. <laughs> in the schools or? Both. Oh. So, yes. Okay, talk us through that. So first international champs. Yeah. Three no jumps. Mm. That's got to be tough mentally. Yeah. Was yeah. your dad there at, for this competition? Yeah, so okay. I went as, I went to World Juice for heptathlon. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think I was maybe ranked in the top. I think I was meant to get a medal that champs. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was all it was crazy. Like went went there. Everyone was like, "Oh, you're gonna win!" Um, had like press conference and stuff. Like it was it was very intense. Um, and then yeah, I was leading after day one jump, mm-hmm. one ninety in the high jump at like I think it was maybe sixteen or seventeen. Um, yeah, it's like that jumps. It's fine. It happens. It happens. It's, it happens. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was like all mad, and then the next day, long jump, three no jumps, and that was mm-hmm. just over. Like, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't too great. <laughs> so having having gone in knowing that okay, if I perform to the best of my abilities, I can mm-hmm. get a medal, and then that happens to you. Like, how did that affect you going forward? Like, did that kind of spur you on more or did mm. you kind of like sit in the in the dungeons for a bit yeah. of, your, of your mind? More circus training in the morning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it really, it affected me because I almost felt like I did it to myself because mm-hmm. I'd shown like a few weeks before English schools, I've done the same thing and then I hadn't really learned from it. I've been, oh, okay, cool, pushed it aside and then did the same thing again, mm-hmm. um, which was hard. And then obviously having all that pressure from other people, from like the media and from like yeah. the team and stuff. And then extra pressure for myself, my family and everything. I think it was all a lot. Yeah. Um, and then the next year I had World Juniors. Um, and the same thing was like, kind of happening again. I had a really good high jump, mm-hmm. like everything was going well. Then long jump the next day. And I was like, this needs to go well. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, I couldn't even think about anything else. All I was thinking about was like, if this, if this long jump goes well, then the rest of it's gonna be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then luckily it did. I didn't jump amazingly, but like I got points. So yeah, that's, yeah, all, that's, that's all that matters. I mean, I suppose you get to that point where it's like, you know what? The last few times that I've done this at majors has not been great for me. Yeah. But you know, if I get something, mm-hmm. it's better than nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something but on the board. At the same time, yeah. I suppose you mentally you're still like, but I still need something mm-hmm. decent because yeah. I need this amount of points to stay in that position. Yeah. So with all those things going on, uh-huh. your brain must be firing like crazy yeah, at that everywhere. point in time. Um, yeah. But you won. Mm-hmm. So off the back of that, did things start to change for you track and field wise? Because obviously yeah. um, sponsors start hollering uh-huh. and, and then you get interviews here, you get interviews there. Like when did it start becoming more of a big thing and you started noticing your free time? Okay. Start doing <laughs> um yeah that was that was mad that champs was it was such like such good championships i mean mm-hmm. oregon was amazing yeah um the team was so good as well like we had a really good really strong team a few medals um and like yeah everything about the champs was was really good and then i think after obviously i think i signed with nike either that year or the year before mm-hmm. um who have like really helped my career um and yeah just so many different things happening i think i was so young mm. uh, i think it was yeah it must have been 17 and i'd yeah achieved so much and then i think a couple of years later it all kind of hit me and i was like whoa what was that? Uh, <laughs> may i have your attention please a fire has been reported 
Please leave the building immediately. Oh my <laughs> Hey guys, apologies. We had a fire alarm, which wasn't actually a fire alarm. So we had to leave, come back. That's why I'm changed. <laughs> There's now jackets. Yeah, so picking up where we left off, we were talking about um, sponsors and how it affected um, Morgan's life going forward. Mm. So uh, Morgan, would you please- Carry on. Um, even if we backtrack a little bit, yeah, it's yeah. fine. Um, so yeah, after Oregon, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was like that whole like season was so mad. I went to yeah. IWF awards, went to like sports personality, like went to so many different things, which I just never even thought I'd be be at. Um, mm -hmm. Got Red Bulls a sponsor, Nike, like everything was just mad. To be honest, okay. I think I put a lot of expectation on myself after that. I was like, okay, yeah. so I've won it like at 17 so when the next one comes around 2016 like i'm gonna win that and then i'm gonna like get an olympic i think in my head i was like right okay stage like, one complete stage mm -hmm. two <laughs> yeah exactly and i was like i think that's the thing about um like when you're younger you just like pb every single week mm -hmm. and everything's just so easy because you're like okay cool just do a little bit of harder training and then that next thing will happen next thing happens and gets to a stage where it's like that's not always going to be how how the track is. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's taken me a few years to kind of actually be happy with. So I jumped one ninety four this year, mm -hmm. um, which is the same jump I jumped in twenty fourteen. And like yeah. when I jumped it this year, I was so happy. Whereas anyone looking at that could be like, yeah, but she jumped that when she was seventeen. Like she <laughs> yeah. should be better than that now. Um, but yeah, it's just such like a process. That's that's um, a question I had for mm. you as well. I mean it's so hard like with the field events because yeah. to some people like a centimeter increase is nothing yeah. but to field athletes like yo you don't understand yeah. how hard uh -huh. i've had to train for this so when you do have those performances that aren't you know okay so one like 197 is your pb yeah so for you anything from 190 let's say 194 mm -hmm. is would you consider that as a good performance yeah. or you know yeah yeah definitely um, it's not what you're looking for. Yeah, it's it's hard one because obviously you go out every competition, you you want to be your best, you want to PB, which is not always going to happen. So anything over ninety, I'm like, okay, that's solid. Like, yeah. well, I would say ninety is like a bad day. Okay. But I'm still happy. It's like on yeah. that edge. <laughs> okay. Um, and then yeah, 94, 95, 96, Like I'd be really happy with some of those jumps. So yeah, yeah it is hard because, and I think people just think, oh, you can just go out there and jump ninety odd any other day and it's like yeah but you have to train so hard to kind of get to that point anyway mm -hmm. um and just that little centimeter is just a difference like you can change so much just to get a centimeter it's, yeah what's it's the mad. biggest um height you've come into a competition like have you ever mm. decided like okay i'm gonna come in at 180 like um, if you were obviously full of confidence and yeah. you knew you could do it would you ever come in at such a Hi, hi. She's coming in at 193, bro. <laughs> yeah, 197. <laughs> 197. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Winning the competition right now. I know, imagine, like, your oh, first job, man. just <laughs> go into it and just go, yeah? Nah. Winning jump. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I usually, I usually come in at 180. Mm -hmm. um, that's like, yeah, most comps. And then I think the highs will probably come in as like 182, mm -hmm. maybe 85, actually. Um, okay. So, yeah. Probably. Is he all, do you always like feel like, okay, you know what? Or do you plan that before the competition? Mm. Or do you go to the competition and then go, I'm feeling very well. Yeah. So I'm going to go come into it later. Like, 
Yeah, it kind of depends what competition it is. I think if the bar's starting lower and I've got like maybe like 45 minutes to an hour before I even come in, I'm going to yeah. come in a bit lower just to get a jump done and then and get warm. warm into it. Yeah. <laughs> is it hard? Because like, mm. depending on where the, the starting point is, is it quite hard having that whole you've warmed up? Yeah. I don't know how long you warm. So let's say 45 minutes yeah, yeah. you've warmed up and then... You then you go and warm up again because yeah. you need to get your steps right, make sure yeah. everything's correct, and then sitting down. Like, what do you do in that time mm-hmm. to keep yourself active, to keep your muscles from falling asleep? Yeah. Um, yeah. What's it like for you on the infield? Yeah, it's it's weird because your core room. Say I'm competing at like five o'clock, so my core room be at four. Mm-hmm. I'll stop warm for three, mm-hmm. and it's like two hours before I've even like Sorry. started a competition yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think. Just like energy levels, caffeine levels, all that is really important as well. Because yeah. I can do my warm up, have the best warm up ever, and then get out there and my energy's just dropped. And mm-hmm. then I'm kind of just like on that level. I've been to like wait around as well. Because mm-hmm. I've never, well, I'm a sprinter, so I've never had to do that. Yeah. But I've seen a lot, obviously, the long jump, um, the pole vultures do it yeah, a lot. Like, pole vultures do it all day. <laughs> yeah. But I can't imagine just waiting there and waiting for other people to compete. Uh-huh. knowing okay i'm not even jumped yet yeah. like do you just watch everyone or do you just like try and compose yourself and play music yeah i try and well this is I... a podcast <laughs> <laughs> i think i used to just be so like involved in the competition and just mm-hmm. while i'm waiting just watch everyone and just have a chat and just not yeah. really kind of get out of like my head a little bit um whereas now like the bigger competitions it's almost like as soon as it starts i'm coming in because 180 is probably the height that everyone would start at. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like domestic competitions, I'd just try and not get too involved in the competition and maybe start my warm up a bit later. Mm-hmm. So like when the early heights are on, I'd start warming up a little bit more then, um, yeah. just kind of like keeping active. So yeah, it depends, depends on the competition. How tense is the cool room for, I mean, I assume it's quite tense for mm-hmm. every event, but you know, like you hear some stories where like the sprinters call room, like it's like a war zone in there. Oh, that's so different and to field, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one, no one smiles like... in the sprinters one. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <'Cause laughs> like, you make friends along the way as well. Yeah. Like when you compete against people five or six times throughout the year, mm-hmm. I assume that you get talking to them and it becomes yeah. a little bit easier. When you're in the cool room, are you speaking with them or are you still kind of like, now nah, for right now where I've just finished one more I'm going to take some time yeah. and then maybe when we get on the infield, I might say hello. Yeah. I might give you a little bit of conversation. Yeah, I think the quorum's quite the quorum's chill because everyone's like, mm-hmm. I've got at least an hour before I even start competing again. I've done my yeah. warm up. Like, what am I going to do in this time? I'm mm-hmm. not going to just be stressed and like just have all that <laughs> energy. So yeah, the quorum's quite nice. Because what was it like place. for your first Olympics? That's actually yeah, because mm-hmm. you were quite young. Yeah. And going into it, were you the youngest? I was in youngest in the GB team. I'm not sure I was the youngest high jumper. Oh, no, right. there's a few, yeah. Because like, I would have been obviously getting in there and going like, okay, I know where you are. I know where you are. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen you on TV for so long yeah. and been in the same call room as them. Because mm-hmm. I, would, I would have guessed you probably have come in earlier than you would have yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was really weird. I mean, I saw Blanca Vlasic was in my like little call room. I sat next to her and I was like, this is so weird. Like I was such a fan girl. People in my competition, I was like, right, I can't, I can't even think of this. I have to compete against these people. Um, so that was so weird. I think I spent the whole Olympics just walking around like, this is, this is mad. Like this not is like realizing a dream. that everyone else look at you that way as well. <laughs> Probably not. I'll be honest with you. I would have fanboyed 
the whole way through. I mean, <laughs> it's crazy. Back way back when, when I used to come here and, and train, we're at Valley, by the way, guys. Um, <laughs> I caught wind of like Tyson Gay being here, and okay. me and my coach, we were coming here to train anyway. I could not have got out the car any oh. faster <laughs> to go and try and meet this guy, and it so happened that he was coming out as I was coming in, and I was just, oh my god, you're Tyson Gay, can I get a picture of you? And you know, like that will always stick with me as just how excited I was to see him. So I can imagine, and I was probably around the same age you are was then yeah. when you was at the Olympics and yeah, I was yeah. just at Lee Valley but yeah. you being at the Olympics that must have been like amazing because you're around everybody mm-hmm. um, all different sports as well Olympic village as well like, like yeah. being in that little environment I would have my phone out I would have just been snapping <laughs> listen Usain Bolt could have been over there and I'm like <laughs> I remember there was a point where was, I think it was Usain Bolt's birthday and because mm. his I don't know what like how the village was set up. Anyway, there's like loads of people outside of his room just like yeah. singing happy birthday to him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is like you're Olympians and you're singing like it was just mad <laughs> because mm. these are famous people's uh, just all so <laughs> weird. Like everyone's just fam. On the side everyone. of being famous, do you get stopped in the street and like, oh my god, you're Morgan Lake? Like, do you have that? Um, I have a couple of times. I think it's more like if there's a champs on, people mm-hmm. are interested in athletics. They've yeah. seen people and then Two months later, they're like, don't know who that is. <laughs> so I think that's the thing with athletics. It's kind of like waves. Okay. Um, so if you went out in the street now, you yeah. could walk down the road and be, and yeah. be fine. Easily. Sure? Yeah. Okay, I'll, we, might sure. Test, we might have to test this. Very sure. We might test this. I don't know. We'll see how we're feeling um, as it goes on. Um, being that you were so young and you're still quite young, um, mm. are you still in uni? Yes. So. <laughs> kind of. Ballet. Kind of. Okay. I mean, I have been to uni. What's kind of? Um, no, so I am still in uni. So I'm in my third year. Okay. Um, studying. Studying psychology. Okay, cool. So, but I think in my head, I'm like, okay, cool. I think from school and stuff, <clears throat> it, I always found it a lot easier to give myself a lot of stress. Yeah. And then perform. I think it was almost, I had to have a re- I couldn't just go and do my homework like I had to do mm-hmm. it last minute last when minute, I'm being forced like you actually do it <laughs> yeah okay and that's how I got my best results and I think I've stupidly gone into uni with that mindset as well so mm-hmm. I'm like right I'll just like pie everything up and then do it all at once so how's that working for you <laughs> it's working great <laughs> I should have learned um but yeah no it's a good distraction as well like I do really enjoy psychology mm-hmm. so I think learning about that and then like also kind of seeing how it goes on the track and stuff, that really helps me as well. Does the uni accommodate for you, obviously being an athlete, mm-hmm. um, I can imagine the psychology t- um, lecturers must be like loving it. Just knowing like you are competing at that level uh-huh. and having to come into some of your assignments to them. Yeah. <laughs> Do you use SPSS? Unfortunately, <laughs> I hate that thing. I it's hate like, that so much. Imagine Excel like mm-hmm. on steroids. Honestly, like it's it's the worst it. piece of equipment you, ever. You guys, you guys can show me afterwards. You guys can um, show me what it looks like. Because I can imagine like you going in. Obviously, psychology links heavily to your sport. Yeah. Do they ever want to like have a conversation with you about things like that, or do they just? Um, I think because I'm a Loughborough and a lot of, there's like a lot of athletes athletes, um, and a lot of things like in my lectures will be brought back to sport as well, Mm -hmm. uh, even though it's like not a sports Sports degree. Um, 
It's almost like everyone in your lecture, like you wouldn't go in normal clothes for a lecture, like that is weird. Like if I rocked up in jeans and my friends would be like, ooh, like what are you, why are you dressing up? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> literally everyone's in trackies, uh, everyone's in sports kit, like it's, it's cool. It's very wow, chill. That sounds quite relaxed. <laughs> that sounds quite relaxed. It's very, I think it's I would, very chill. I will be using that to the to the most. I'll be coming in my socks and my sliders. <laughs> maybe come with my, my bathrobe and just chill. My back. bathrobe. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, are they quite lenient towards mm. you where they know that you could be flying out here, there and everywhere to maybe do a photo shoot or to mm -hmm. go and do training? How does that work with you and them? Um they are really lenient like they're really good about it i think because they've just had so many top level athletes come through come mm -hmm. through the uni they know how to kind of help the athlete and the student at the same time yeah um so yeah all my like all my lectures are recorded so if i have to be in a different country i can still watch it yeah um sometimes you get extensions but that's kind of you don't really get extensions it's just <laughs> major major circumstances you would um i haven't had one yet like obviously to go going into the olympics yeah. like they'll give you an extension yeah, yeah. If you're like, oh, you're expecting this day, like no you have to do this exam like they will they will be lenient to a point right. um yeah no it's good like obviously being at a um like the track and the lectures are two minute walk away like yeah. everything's pretty easy and set up for you yeah what time did you use to train oh well did you, you train at Loughborough at a time? Yeah. What time did you used to train? Because I know there's a group at like 6.30. Yeah, not in that group. <laughs> um, <laughs> I used to train at nine, so. Yeah, it wasn't too, too early. It wasn't too early. Nine I know a lot of the spring early. group, yeah. Nine in the morning. Mm. A lot of the spring group train like 6.30, 6 o'clock yeah, in the morning, which early. is, <laughs> I've been up asleep. <laughs> I couldn't do that. Which do you, which do you prefer? Because obviously you're starting out in the sport, I assume most of your training would have been in the evening because you're yeah, at school yeah, and, yeah. and wherever. Um, now as an adult, would mm. you still prefer to do that? Or do you like doing like the early sessions or like a midday session? I prefer the early sessions because mm -hmm. I like getting up, getting it, not just getting it done, but like, because it's more of like a job now, whereas before, I wouldn't say it's a job, like I still love it, it's still like, mm -hmm all that but before it was like yeah I have school and then I do athletics in the afternoon in the evening mm. um whereas now it's like yeah I wake up this is what I want to do and then kind of get it done yourself. yeah but the hard thing about this year because Doha everything was so late yeah. um like I think my most of my rounds were well I did one but the thing was <laughs> at <laughs> like eight um so all my training going into it was in the evening mm -hmm. so I found that really hard because I had oh, to, to try and adapt to your yeah condition how it's going to be out there so all day I was just kind of waiting around for the session mm -hmm. whereas if you get your session over and done with it's like right, I've got the rest of the day to do everything I need to do so yeah. I think I prefer the morning but I probably should start getting towards the evenings a bit more okay well i suppose it helps because at least you know which one your body's going to mm. prefer at that time yeah um Definitely how hot was morning. it in training in doha it's like it's the, whole, the maddest heat ever and the whole air conditioning thing yeah in the stadium yeah. like i want to i want to hear about that because i heard there was a lot of some people were loving it some yeah. people were hating it um what was your take so it wasn't really the heat that was that bad like it was more the humidity so mm -hmm. as soon as you stepped outside you would just feel it instantly mm -hmm. you couldn't just like wait around outside if it's like waiting for a taxi or whatever 
five minutes and you'd be done. Like that's too much to stand in that heat. Um, but the thing is what they did well was they had an indoor track where you could warm up. Mm-hmm. So I did all my, all my training and warm up indoors. Then you'd go outside for like five minutes to walk to the uh, core room, get in the mm-hmm. core room, which is all air conditioned, mm-hmm. get to the stadium, it's air conditioned. So there was not one point I was like, oh, I'm too hot, I've lost my energy. Like they actually did that really well. Were they far apart in terms of like the um, warm-up area call room to the stadium? Was it far apart or were they quite close? Pretty close. I mean, yeah, about a five-minute walk between the warm-up and call room. So. so by the time you get, yeah, oh my God, I'm so hot. Yeah. It's time to get me a towel. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> training wasn't fun though. We had our training camp in Dubai mm-hmm. and that was... Yeah. That was so hot. Like, I was not. I was not expecting it. Like even though our sessions were all in the evening, mm-hmm. um, we get to track about six, and still by then it was yeah, after like a lap. You just you're just gone. dying. Like yeah. someone get like... someone get my water now. I need an asthma pump. They're just dying. Oh, I, was, oh, I felt so bad for the endurance runners. They had like ice towels on them. They pretty and... much had to like go outside. Like yeah. where would they? Where would they? Yeah. You know when yeah. you think to yourself, ah, oh, it's hot indoors. I'm gonna walk outside and cool down. It's yeah. like the yeah. complete <laughs> opposite. It's like no, I'm gonna go inside Honestly. and sit cool down, down and try avoid That's going so outside weird. for the next. Oh well, like, half if you just go to um to the malls in Dubai, you just like yeah, <laughs> just literally That's what you can just do. go <laughs> from your house in the car mall. Yeah. <laughs> you literally didn't walk outside it at was all. Crazy. In your in your spare time while you was out there, like mm-hmm. what did you do? Like when you weren't training, obviously you've, uh, I assume you've got friends like within yeah, the team yeah. and stuff. So how did you guys spend your time? Nothing too exciting to be honest. I think just like catching up, chatting, mm-hmm. um, reading. I mean, the hard thing about training in the evenings and competing in the evenings is that you can't waste too much energy in the day. Yeah. Um, so a lot of napping. <laughs> I think meal times <laughs> is when everyone everyone's like getting to meal times and that's when you like chat for ages because that's when everyone, there wasn't really a space where you could just kind of like chill together. Mm-hmm. So at meal times, you, people would be sat there for ages and chatting. So yeah, nothing too exciting. <laughs> so um, another topic would be the crowd in Dubai. In Doha. In Doha. What was that like for your experience? Yeah. Uh, obviously we've had, if we've seen what the media said and mm-hmm. we were watching it on TV as well, but how did you find um yeah so for my for my event i kind of got out i think i was on the first day so got out there and usually if it's the first day first first session it's not going to be packed anyway Mm -hmm, um qualifying rounds no one's really that interested in it um so like okay fair enough Uh, i wasn't expecting a big crowd so Mm -hmm. that was fine it's more qualifying it's just you just focus on the event get your job done and then the finals when you then hope for that atmosphere um so I kind of didn't really think much about it. And then the next day when the hundreds were on, um, I was like, the crowd is still empty. Like, <laughs> where is everyone? And then obviously for, for the final, there was still no one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was weird because I spoke to other, like a few people who in Doha and I was like, are you gonna go and watch the championships? And they're like, I can't get there. I was like, oh, okay, why? They're like, the traffic's too bad. And I just thought, it's just so strange. I was like, people from their own country can't go and watch the championships because the traffic's too bad around the stadium, but there was no one in this. Like, it just didn't, like, nothing was adding up. It was they just probably weird. probably off, like, a lot of roads <laughs> leading yeah, to it. Done. So they were like, well, you know, if I've got a park two yeah. miles away from I'm the track, I ain't, I ain't walking two miles from my park in this heat. In that heat as well. <laughs> like, That's, no. I mean, that might be a thing. That actually yeah. might be yeah. why um, it was. And then when they realized, okay, well, we're not making we any sales 
let's just open it up and yeah but then i'd assume that a stadium that big would have a car park, a car park like <laughs> underground or something yeah. <laughs> but then they might want to keep that space for the athletes yeah i don't know it was just it was just weird like everything else around the championships was i think quite well done um maybe apart from like the timings events and stuff but the organization wise was quite good um but yeah having known in the stadium was it was weird because she didn't really feel the impact of the event so mm-hmm. when i was there obviously it's world championships huge but with no one there no one's really taking much interest in it it's weird mm-hmm. and then i came home um I came home early and what I think it came home when the heptathlon was on. Yeah. Um and saw how big it was over here. Like it was on all the newspapers. Yeah. Like BBC coverage was so good. Um and the stadium started filling up and I was like, okay, now it's a world championships. Like <laughs> it's so weird. The first half was like, oh, this is like end of season kind of competition that's yeah. going out. Um and then by the time the end championships it was amazing. So Yeah, because I mean it was literally like from the third or fourth day onwards yeah. that it started yeah. to fill up. And then by the last day, it was like, oh, so there are people here. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we could like somehow reverse time and just pull these people back to the yeah. beginning and then hold it the whole way through. That would have been so much better. But mm. I mean, yeah, I suppose it was a bit of a downer at the yeah. beginning, but track you, and, track and field see, has that. Do you want to see any events yourself? Um. So I was out there for... I think it was the men's triple jump and the women's pole vault was on at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think that was like a couple of days after I competed. Um, and it was empty, like still empty. And they wouldn't let us get to the other side of the stadium where the triple jump was. So everyone was trying to like crowd around and get to watch the triple jump because like, there was nothing else on. Oh, yeah. And um, so we were like, okay, try and snuck down to where like the media zone was. Mm-hmm. And Mike Powell was there. And it was like empty and they asked Mike Powell to move. We're like, how are you asking like, the world record holder to move from an empty seat into another empty seat? Like, it made no sense. Because they probably didn't realise who he was. But no, then, true. I was going to say, like, as an athlete, do you have seats allocated yeah. where you can yeah. sit? Or yeah, is it yeah. just, you know? You do. But I think with, Do like, you. so we, when was it? In London, like, mm-hmm. it was full every single day. Mm-hmm. Um and you had allocated seats. And to be fair, it was quite hard to kind of get around if you didn't want to sit there and move somewhere else. Yeah. Um, like a few people could do it, but it was hard to get like masses of people around. So that's fair enough. But when it's an empty stadium yeah. and you're trying to get into a different block, it's like, it shouldn't really be that difficult, but. Because obviously in the um, British trials, you get like a pass that allows mm-hmm. you to go into certain areas. Yeah. And shouldn't it just be that for office really? Because you could just, move into that little long jump area on yeah. the home straight. Like, it's really... everywhere. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, all I have is just watch and sit down, well, in the triple jump area, because that's probably, like, the best place to see mm-hmm. if you're watching the Andre Edith to any event. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it was it was a weird... It was a weird chance, but, yeah, by the end of it, it was amazing, so... In a stadium like that, it must be hard to generate any sort of like clapping to, to get yourself going. I can't yeah. remember if you did, but at any point was that, did you do that during the champs? Was it something that you thought about or? Um, I did think about it in my third attempt, but I didn't mm-hmm. in the end. To be fair, I didn't actually realize how empty it was until after the competition, mm-hmm. until I went on Twitter and everyone's like, oh, the stadium's empty. And I was, I was like, oh yeah, it was actually, <laughs> it, was, it was really empty. And then obviously the next few days, because we were watching like the coverage out there, yeah, um, and it wasn't even on like Doha TV. Like someone had to stream it from from somewhere else. Like it was, 
It was so weird. Get the Wi-Fi. Yeah. Get the Wi-Fi <laughs> up, push it here. And... Yeah, it was, it was weird. It was like in, in the country. It was big. Like there, were, there were ads up everywhere, but mm-hmm. actually on TV, you couldn't, you couldn't find it. Um, that's strange. Yeah, it was. But then saying really that strange. sometimes that's that's what it's like with here as well. Like there's only um, a few events that I mean, if it's a diamond league, all all up like where you can find it. But then yeah. when it's like a, maybe a world challenge or something, yeah, you sometimes got to dig real yeah, deep. Yeah, I don't know to, how you're finding to, that. To, to find sometimes that. diamond league is only on iPlayer. Like yeah. you have to literally look for it. Yeah. To be able to watch it most yeah. of the time anyway, so it's like you should technically be. That BBC free, let's shove it on there somewhere, yeah. <laughs> live TV, you know, because they're really, they're actually good events, yeah. but everyone only focus on Olympics every four years mm-hmm. or every year. With well, I think this is the first time the World Championship has been focused on anyway. So yeah. I feel like it's getting better. Yeah, it's getting better. It needs. I think it's only getting better because of social media though, because yeah. a lot of controversies that's that have been true. coming through, and I think that's why it's all getting slowly. People are getting involved because there's more, there's more controversy. Yeah, people. There's more controversy all over it. So it's quite it's quite interesting to see, like obviously from yourself and mm-hmm. every other athlete, that how do they find that, like going into it and thinking I'm going to a stadium that has no people. Yeah. Why is this? <laughs> why is this I mean, a major event for me? In, you know. In some respects, I suppose it's kind of like when you're competing you can only beat who's there Mm -hmm. and you can only um entertain who's in the stadium yeah so i suppose some athletes they will look and be like you know i don't care if there's five people in here i'm still gonna go and do performance but some people also they use the crowd to the advantage some people like people watching them Mm -hmm. and then performing and some people don't (laughs) so obviously you get it's it's a catch-22 some people can be great in in like smaller domestic competitions and then when they get out there onto the bigger stuff it's like oh okay mm. didn't didn't really think about this the yeah whole way through. i think it's a weird one i think sometimes you don't even notice in mm. the competition that there's no one there and then as soon as competition like hots up then that's when you want the crowd involved that's when you just like get the excitement over and done with but i think yeah. in the qualifying and qualifying rounds and stuff most of the time people won't go out there to watch like the 100 heats and stuff they'll go out yeah. there to watch the final I think for the first couple of days, it was like, okay, fair enough. But then when people were not watching the 100 meter final, that was the bit where I was like, what? <laughs> so strange. But. I mean, I was sitting there with, um, I was with some of my boys mm-hmm. to watch the final and we were just like, we were watching the race. But yeah. Like, the stadium's so empty. Like, what's going yeah. on? But like I said, I mean, you can only entertain who's there. And at the end of the day, you're there to do a job, mm-hmm. regardless of if there's 10 people in the stadium or 100,000 yeah. people. At the end of the day, if I cross that line first place, I've yeah, you're still world champion for life. Like, <laughs> I'm world champion for the next two years. Doesn't matter if ten thousand people watch you or one person. So, so yeah. yeah, so it's not it's not so bad. But then, do you not find that we have that a lot here when it mm. comes to British champ, Brit- uh, British champs? Yeah. <laughs> so for, I suppose for us, sometimes it's not as big as a thing if you see a stadium empty because yeah. you you notice it quite a lot. Like that whole other side of the stadium is, is just covered with with sheets and stuff yeah and then, okay, i mean we have more crowd in the english schools yeah <laughs> like generally like we generally do but then that's because they've got what and diamond leagues yeah or, I like... eight or nine different counties all up in the stadium and each each county has at least 
ブリティケンスワンフリティケンスリケンスリケンスリケンスリケンスリケンスリケンスリケンスリケンスリケンスリケンスリケンスリケンスリケンスリケンスリケンスリケンスリケンスリケンスリケンスリケンスリケンスリ
yeah it's it's so weird i mean i'll like talk to the kids and like have stuff and then afterwards they'll get like millions of inst- they won't really interact that much when you're there and mm-hmm. then afterwards you just have so many messages on like instagram and twitter <laughs> and stuff it's, it's so weird because you forget that like when i was younger if i saw someone that was that was it like i get their autograph and that was it whereas yeah. now you can actually interact with people try like, yeah but it's really cool like i think that side of it's really cool yeah so i got a question for you on that side of things like mm. how do you because ba- you only have one instagram as far as i'm aware how do you mm. balance like having you know all the questions from like all the um the fans and stuff and yeah. then like some of your general friends but they might not have uh-huh. like you know personal contact to get in touch with you yeah. how do you balance like going through that list <laughs> it's not that long <laughs> really i mean <laughs> just scrolling every day i mean if i go on to your thing now i'm pretty sure uh, i'll see like 29 point something something followers that's quite a lot uh, <laughs> and um, dms are this yeah of stuff. no it's i think it's one of those things like you have to properly engage with it now mm-hmm. whereas like you can make a lot of not a lot of money off Instagram, but like you can build your brand up, build mm-hmm. yourself as an athlete on social media and stuff, which is which is quite cool. Um, and also just like talking to people, like I'll have a lot of time to talk to like young athletes because yeah. that's what I would have loved as a young athlete myself. And I know speaking to like older athletes when I was when I was their age mm-hmm. um, meant so much to me and like kind of kept me in the sport as well. Yeah, um, which is cool. On that, um, so one question I want to ask you is do you get a lot of people like messaging you saying oh i think you could do this and this would this would help with your training and blah 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 do you get a lot of that i don't but i know a lot of athletes that do okay like a cool. lot of people just get like told things by people and like where have you got this information from like do you know google. my training prat <laughs> yeah true google you yeah, can, google's you can, listen you can find a whole training prat on, on google i've seen people um come and say yeah, I saw so-and-so do this and I want to do this. And it's like, yeah, yeah, but that doesn't work with what we have planned now. Yeah. Oh, but I still want to try it. All right, yeah. go for it. That was you like, that it. was me when I was younger though. I used to like giggle, what does Jessica Ennis eat? What does she <laughs> do? <laughs> like every two minutes. Um, I'm going to go on that in a, in a second. But um, you mentioned like people um, potentially like dropping out early and stuff. Mm-hmm. Over here, once they kind of reach under 20s, is when like for females it starts filtering out where not, yeah. not as many people are still coming through the ranks mm-hmm. um what kept you in it and what do you think would help keep other female athletes in the sport past and on the 20 mm-hmm. stage um i think i was quite lucky in the sense like i said it before like i've always known i wanted to do athletics and i've mm-hmm. always known that was like my career path um so i didn't really find it too hard to kind of keep motivated um obviously like with results you're going to be motivated anyways like go to the next stage yeah um but i had a lot of like training partners and people i competed against who were at the same level and did still drop out um Mm -hmm. and i guess a lot of that was from like funding um that uni and just having to think of a different path Mm -hmm. um so yeah and i guess that passion as well like i had a like training partner who was absolutely amazing like she could have like been one of the best, but just didn't really apply themselves, uh, not apply themselves, like didn't really have that that drive to mm-hmm. kind of like stay That's in. That's right, there's no names, I'll never know no, who no talking names. about, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> that was wrong anyway. Um, yeah, it's like almost like sometimes they don't know how good they are mm-hmm. and they haven't got 
I think there's a lot more role models now. Yeah. Um, like I would say like some of the biggest, probably the biggest stars at the moment in British athletics are, are female, mm-hmm. um, which is good. Um, but yeah, I guess, I don't really know what could help it. I was thinking about that earlier. Like I don't actually know what could keep people in the sport. I guess it's just. Do you think if, um, I think it's probably the thing with the education system because mm-hmm. A lot of people, it's when you get to college and you go, oh, I've got this work to do. I finished college at like four. I'm not going to training again. Yeah. And then go to sleep, do my assignment, you know, trying to find that balance in your work life mm-hmm. and social life. Yeah. Then now, like, people having social life is quite important. Yeah, so definitely. if you're training five times a week, you know, you know, you know, social life is very, very limited. And then yeah. when you're off, it's probably be like, you're doing your, work or yeah. you're revising and stuff so i think it's just about finding that balance mm. in it because i do know a lot of girls that have quit yeah. and but they still love the spot yeah but at the yeah, same time because they can't see themselves it's so yeah it's something like, like you said they did drive they can't see themselves going to the next stage mm. and even though they have the ability to yeah. But they can't physically say you can't force someone. What are no, all good exactly. coaches? You can't yeah. really change someone's mindset in that way. Because you said you had your dad, you had all these people around yeah, you. Yeah, I had a lot of people around me. And that just... might be the difference between a girl staying in longer mm-hmm. than not staying yeah, in longer. That's true. I think just have, yeah, having those people to kind of like back you. Like I had my friends and my family just always believe in you. Yeah, always believed in me and always believed that this was actually a career, whereas I think a lot of the time people see it as like something on the, yeah, a hobby, like something on the side. And if, and it's obviously so results driven as well. Like if you're yeah. not producing results, then you have to kind of take a look back and think, okay, well, maybe this is not the path I want to go. You have to put so much effort into it. It's like all or nothing. Yeah, because like, so, you know, imagine going to, like training, going to English schools mm-hmm. or whatever competition and then, or going to like the nationals and then not performing or coming to the final and then coming last. And then you're going, I've got my A-level coming, yeah. coming up next year do i want to focus on do that again next year or do i just want to yeah go to that uni decision. and i think it's that decision making that we have to kind of like balance mm-hmm. what do you think about oh, you've been a teacher yeah that's <laughs> no, not true right. <laughs> it's it just suddenly like i was sitting there and i was listening to you and i was listening to morgan and i was just thinking there's one clear way to keep to keep kids in athletics and and to push them into it as well um the reason I, the one of the reasons why I think kids aren't as involved in athletics is simply because they just view it as a summer thing. Mm. So if you look at um, if you look at it when you was in school, when did you start doing athletics? Yeah, as soon so. as they got to like May, yeah. April, May. Oh yeah, by the way, for the next eight weeks or so, we're going to be doing athletics. Yeah. I'm going to spray a little track yeah. on the green. <laughs> but, yeah, have the guy walking around with the paint on on the grass track, and you know, yeah, I ran ten nine on the grass track and everything else. Um, I think that's probably one of the ways to have kids more involved in athletics is that you have to make it mm. an all year thing. The same way that you'd have football in school the whole year round, yeah. you'd have basketball, cricket, swim, well, maybe swimming. Um, you'd have these things in the school throughout the year because there'd be this after school club, this after school club, yeah. but athletics always just has that it's a summer thing. So mm. if the it's not, does. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly that. So I think if you if you start off the school year from September, right, cool. We're going to be doing um, from from September to 
let's say the end of October, we're going to do athletics outside. Mm -hmm. And then from November to March, we're going to start working on like the sports or athletics because this is actually something that they have. And we have the, um, because they have, what's it called? Is it SESA? It was like a college, Mm -hmm. it was a college type competition. They had it when I was, when I was doing track. So maybe they don't do it no more. Um, But they had that. So I think the same way they have outdoor districts, they could do an indoor version of that. And you just, yeah. and obviously you have 60, 200, maybe not do the 400 because it's a, if even um, professional athletes will say how tough it is yeah, indoors to do that. So maybe you don't do that. Mm-hmm. But if you was to do that, you'd keep them more involved because now they're looking at it. It's like, oh, wow, that track and field is actually, it is a yearly thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I mean, even like the cross country guys, they go from doing cross country, they probably it's drop down a bit yeah. to do um, fives, tens, mm-hmm. maybe a marathon if that's their thing. So maybe that's the way that we keep kids more, in, get them involved and then keep them involved. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, we'll see. Nah. I, we'll try okay. it, I'll try it with my school and, and, Obviously, and see if what anyone, happens. If anyone has like a way that we can, that can help, you know, send us a message, drop us a message and then, We'll share it out with the world. <laughs> We're um, trying to educate people. I'm, I'm all for pushing. And, then I, and also, I think it's, you have to have people coming into the schools regularly and not just like athletes. I think you should have coaches coming in mm-hmm. and you should be finding out, okay, how much is it going to be for, for this coach to come to the school and, and do this with a student? Because speaking from someone who works in the school and remembering what it was like when I was in school, if I think back now, I would not listen to the advice that my PE teacher's given me on track and field unless it was something that they've done. Yeah. Like, there's so much information that gets passed around wrong when you're just reading it from the book or mm-hmm. you actually have that experience of doing it. And I think that would play a massive part in it as well, depending on how it's been relayed to the students. Yeah, like, yeah. Some, of, some of my athletes go, they've done the nationals, they've gone to the nationals, and then this teacher brings out a book on how you get scored. Whoa. for your A levels and you know what is the most frustrating because if you get to the national obviously international should be an A star because that's like the top you can go mm. but when you're a national athlete you should be still getting an A if you can get that standard you should be getting an A yeah. but then we get to like C's because on, of grass, <laughs> on grass you ran 10-9 then you go districts and you ran 10-1 <laughs> like because it's done by people who I'm gonna say they don't really know like mm they do it for either first from first footfall or when they see yeah. the flag goes up and then they've said, yeah, cool, that's it. I'm, I'm clicking <laughs> the stopwatch. So if you have like actual track and field people involved in it, I think that's how you, you get things mm. done more. And I think us as a sport would have to do more. So coaches have to go to schools to, to pull out stuff and yeah. pull out um, athletes who they see are good. Because yeah, the PT can say, oh, you know, you should go down the local track, but some athletes are like, no, I want to do football, man. I, I ain't trying to. I go, asked my PE teacher. I ain't trying to go and down. He ignored me. I ain't trying to. <laughs> go down. But and then I got bored and I saw both in 2012 and I went in there, myself. <laughs> but, but there you go. Like your PE teacher suggested it and you're like, no, no, no. But if you have a coach come in and say, no, I think you'd be really good at it. Or an athlete comes in and says, oh, I think you'd be really good mm. at high jump or you'd be really good at long jump. Yeah, like, yeah it's different. You're, you're going to take that more because that's actually someone who does the sport and is making it, making it a more. living for them. Mm. But. Track and field will always, I think track and field is always going to have that kind of mindset to, like, people always have that mindset to track and field that it's just. Yeah, but that's in the UK. That's another thing. That's in the UK. Yeah, that's in the UK. Yeah, like, oh, I want to run. Because then if you can go to, like, the US, 
like that's a different atmosphere obviously that's what every, every sport they do I mean, out there but it's like i think i think in a way which you saw like use the style they use in the us for sport which use the same thing the same thing. like they compete pretty much every week I love how the US do their I stuff can, like I can that. do that though. <laughs> <laughs> I love watching the, it. They're driving across <laughs> countries oh. for all these different meets. Like, you know what I, I know, they're flying to different countries. Like, yeah. flying to different countries. Do you know what I love with the with the American system? And it, I think it's more outdoors. Um, when they have like the whole like show before the actual like football games, they yeah. have this massive show with like the band and stuff. And I think that is so sick. Yeah. We don't do that here. Or I think like English I think Harris. Course, Ac- yeah. I think <laughs> Harris Academy actually do do something like that. I'm sure that's I've good. been told that um, they do something similar to that. So that's quite sick. Mm-hmm. But other schools now. I mean, we had a basketball match the other day, and none of the students from our school were allowed to watch because it was intimidating to the other school. <laughs> that that is what we were told. It wow. would be intimidating for the other school to <laughs> to have our students watch the game because obviously everyone's cheering for wow. us and no one's cheering for them and i was like listen i will That's i will cool. leave I'll, I'll, I'll defect teams and i'll be cheering i'll give them i'll give them pointers i don't yeah, mind just get an atmosphere like, yeah just to get something going but if you if you're just playing a game to like yourselves yeah and the two refs yeah. And maybe one or two teachers like that's boring. You're get bored, yeah. That exactly. is boring. Like, I'm not gonna try as hard now, especially yeah. like if I'm the team that we played, they weren't they were okay, but we won. Um <laughs> but if they had an atmosphere to go off of, each team's performance would have been raised exponentially. Like when you make a mistake when people are watching, you don't want to make a mistake anymore. Yeah. Exactly. When no one is watching, you don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> so not my teammates, it will shut up in a minute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think, yeah, I think across across sports we just need to do more mm. but even like in doha us. like when and it's different end of the spectrum but like when they had the light show that was <sighs> amazing like that was such a big part of the whole champ i hated the light show oh. simply no 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 no, no. Okay. I know this is, <laughs> that is phrased so wrong don't, don't i i disliked the light show simply because they didn't do it for everyone mm. that's what i didn't like yeah i feel like if you're gonna do nice. it do it yeah like like i said um <clears throat> before we started rolling keep that same energy for mm-hmm. everything like they've done it for the they've done it for the men's 100 i think they've done it for the men's 200 they may have done it for the women's 100 they, did it for they, that they didn't do it for the women's 200 which i thought raw like i would have definitely done it for this yeah. because um dina was just showing so much like yeah. great form throughout mm-hmm. the rounds like even from the 100 that she deserved to have that yeah and then there was a lot of other events where they didn't do it I don't know if it was because they were trying to save money or... I think it was because, like, there was other events going on at the same time. I think it was mm-hmm. the last event of the day, then they could do it or something like that. I don't know. Because they can't just shut off all the lights when people are like, <laughs> I mean, no, but, no, but then, no, but you give them a warning. They're like, oh, yeah, by true. the way, we're going to do light shows. You know, just take a few more minutes to compose yourself yeah. and, and we'll get you up. Doing the 3K, just like, like yeah. to <laughs> Yeah, like, you might imagine imagine your friend the jab and then the lights just shut <laughs> off. <laughs> You're like, okay. Oh, listen, I'm not gonna lie. I'd use that to my whole advantage and go onto the grass and dash it and then quickly run back and be like, like, oh my God, he just threw 96 meters. I'm like, yeah, well, y'all don't know how, but I did it. Um, But yeah, I think the light show, I think it was a great idea. I just Mm. didn't think that they used it as well as they could have. I think Mm. that should have been a thing for every event. Yeah, every event or 
like you said, I mean, yeah, it was used for the finals, but I think mm. important finals. <clears throat> yeah. Every final is important, but there are some that stand out more than others. Like that should yeah. have been done. Yeah. Um, you've got the triple jump there where you've got like some of the, you've got like the best feel that we've had for History. such a, yeah, such a long time. And the light show was nowhere to be seen. I would, <laughs> I would have been loving that. Yeah. I think that would have been sick. Yeah, that was the weird thing about triple jump. Like it just, I didn't know what the coverage was like back here. It was probably quite good, but like you there you <laughs> <laughs> um like there you didn't even know like this is such an amazing competition between like christian and will like mm. it's crazy but over here it's still it was still quite the same like mm. we would maybe see like the first couple of rounds and then three four and five you would catch it on a highlight yeah. they would just bring it back and be like oh by the way um, they'd, they'd, yeah, act, they'd make it act yeah. like it's happening now yeah, but yeah. we know that that's probably like from 10-15 minutes over because then the next thing you know yeah. oh we're in the last round I get ready and it's like oh okay but these guys have both jumped over 18 meters mm -hmm. one guy's like a few centimeters away from the world record yeah. this guy's yeah. now hot on his heels to to win a medal yeah. and he's never beaten Christian at a major champs if any year was going to beat would have been this year mm -hmm. like that is something yeah, that was you push. An amazing story. That yeah. is something that you push, and they, even like some of the some of the things that this is. Oh, Will's never won a world title. Like he's won a world indoor title twice, mm. but I suppose like I, like I was saying earlier, it's like almost devalued because mm. if you're saying he's never won it, but by my yeah, count, he's got he's yeah. got two. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I don't know, but yeah, that the coverage for that wasn't wasn't amazing, and that was like one of the best um, field events that yeah. they had going. Yeah, it's it's weird. I don't know. I don't know why it's like that. I would love to. It's sad would, being a field eventer, but <laughs> I mean, I f field events have always like they've always had that where they don't get mm. the coverage that they should. Yeah. Um, but there has to be some way that they can get as much coverage as the track events. I mean, I don't particularly watch distance events because mm -hmm. it's not my thing, mm. but they get so much coverage yeah. as opposed to field events. It's like, like they're watching 10K. But then, but then I suppose- Because the it's like interactive, you can like choose what event you want to watch. That would have be like good. split screens or something like. But then do you know why it probably is as well? If there's a track event, there's just a track event. When there's a field event, there's at least three of, there's at least three different field events going on yeah. at that time. So unless they and have they the interactive stuff. And they'll go for a long stuff. time, so. Right. How, what's the longest competition you've been in? Um, probably. Like at a big level, probably the Olympic qualifying. That was mm -hmm. that one on a couple of hours, I think. That was long. <laughs> that was a long day. <laughs> Knowing myself, I would have probably been like, "Yeah, I'm taking a nap." <laughs> Someone wake me when it's my turn because yeah. I need to. I'm gonna sleep here because I can't stay awake for this. Yeah. What stage did you get to in that in that competition? Was it? Did you get to the final? Yeah, yeah, made the final. Like, I think it was a weird final because basically, I think. They just wanted the competition to be over and done with. Like the yeah. <laughs> increments, like were crazy. I think we started at one eighty seven, um, opening height, and then went ninety three. So like a mm -hmm. lot of people, I think from fifth to tenth or fifth to like twelfth, we all jumped ninety three. Yeah. And then it was one ninety seven. So that was weird. So, <laughs> weird. So, 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 so on a technicality, where did you actually come based on the overall distance? So, well, if I jumped on my first attempt, I would think I would have come fifth. Okay. That was my third attempt, so I came 10th. That is... <laughs> so annoying. I suppose, but that's what I was saying about series and would you prefer a great series or or, mm. uh, or just that one height? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, 
So I've got some questions for you. Like, right. um, firstly, you mentioned like looking up Jessica Ennis's diet and stuff. Yeah. What is your diet like as an athlete? It's a hard, I think it's changed a lot from being a heptathlete to a high jumper. Mm -hmm. um, Cause obviously you don't need as much energy. Like when I was doing heptathlon, I was like constantly training, like mm -hmm. constantly burning energy. And when you're doing high jump, it's like, you're just not really doing as much. Um, but I think my diet's just changed so much. Like, um, it's pretty healthy. I don't think I'm, I'm quite good at, right, this is the season, I need to be strict for this bit. And then mm -hmm. I know I can eat badly. Like obviously off season, that was yeah. great. But now I'm back into training, it's like, right, okay. Like in off season, I'm like, I don't even want to see a vegetable. Just that's <laughs> not for me. Okay. Um, but then on season, I'm just like, yeah, quite. I work with nutritionists, which is good. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's more like the important thing is like basing carbs and protein stuff around training. Um, yeah it's difficult like it's such a weird one because I think because obviously there's so many different events in athletics it's not just like one size fits all mm -hmm. so everything has to be so like individual so it's been it's been a yeah okay what's process. your what's your favorite <laughs> meal um in season in season probably just like a stir fry because they're just so quick and easy and after training you're like I don't want to I don't want to cook a big <laughs> meal so I'm like just chuck everything in the walk and see what happens <laughs> okay cool um favorite meal off season pizza definitely. what type of pizza so I have a really weird I like aubergine and garlic on pizza uh, <laughs> it's the weirdest thing I how did you like how <laughs> I do why is that even why. a thing that's yeah, like, like that's like not... pineapple on pizza like it's, no that's not that bad that, <laughs> that's that's a no and i'm like garlic on pizza makes like garlic bread okay yeah cool. aubergine's nice vegetable Let's put that on top i can't i <laughs> I'm, I can't find I the words it's for a this. Weird one. <laughs> I mean, if I'm a having a pizza, one. I'm picking like ground beef, green chili, sweet corn, pepperoni. No, I'm loading it up with a barbecue base and I'm good. Okay, so <laughs> like, it's like Domino's, I have like barbecue base, chicken, sweet corn, but. Domino's or Pizza Hut? Texas barbecue. Domino's. Domino's? Why? Yeah. I haven't had Pizza Hut since I was about like 10 years old. So Seriously? I need to reevaluate that. <laughs> okay, I think I think you should have Pizza Hut and then let this over like well maybe not the next few months because you'll be training in off season. May, maybe if you have like, do you have cheat days? Yeah, not like I'm like this is my cheat day. It's like oh someone's birthday or whatever. Mm -hmm. if I feel like I need the pizza. Okay, <laughs> that'll be a cheat day. Um, what is your favorite training session? Um. Probably anything like plyometrics so or like any bounding session. Okay. Um, why? Um, I don't know, it's just fun. Like, so today I was doing like a fart leg with bounding and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and although it was horrible, like my legs were dead, like I just love the bounding bit so much. I didn't even think about it as a, as a training session. How far, cause I remember you said about the bounding, um, mm. was it the whole straight or just like a portion of the straight? Um, it was a whole straight. It was on grass, so it's, I guess it's shorter. Okay. Yeah. Um, when you say, but what type of bounding? Because obviously, like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. there's Changes. different types. Um, it's like hops over hurdles, uh -huh. bunny jumps, um, like stiffness jumps. That, I now understand why you said your legs must have felt yeah. Oh, yeah, they were dead. <laughs> because one, one round not. of that, I'd be like, I can't do, I can't do this next yeah. round. Like, I'd be too worried about 
like clattering the hurdle yeah. and I got bad knees as it is so <laughs> maybe that wouldn't have been a thing okay um I've noticed on Instagram you love coffee and you love mm. things like that so where would you say is your favorite coffee shop favorite coffee shop is one in Luffer actually okay. called Bon 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 and literally when everyone comes to Luffer I'm like I'm taking you to Bon Bon I don't even know why I love it I just love it so much um okay <laughs> Interesting. Maybe when we go off, bro, we can yeah. check. We'll, we'll check this place we out. We'll, we'll check this place we'll out. Know. We'll do it. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll message you. Say, okay, yeah, is good. Or no, I prefer good, Starbucks. Um, <laughs> oh, so Starbucks isn't good now. Starbucks is you know awful. Starbucks is drinkers. disgusting. You didn't see her. Costa, Starbucks. Yeah. Oh. You didn't just see her face. <laughs> like I said, Starbucks, and she just like in her mind, she shot me. Like she just shot me down, like real quick, without saying anything. Coffee place. People don't rate like Pret's no coffee. Nice. Yeah, no coffee. like coffee drinkers don't I'm actually raise it. I don't like Pret. <laughs> I see Pret on my way to work and I'm like, like twenty five minutes. To be Pret's. honest, I'm only if I go into Starbucks, I'm only gonna get a caramel macchiato, medium or large, depending on how tired <laughs> I am in the morning. Apart from that, I'm not really trying to go. Um, favorite music. Um, what as an artist. Um, okay, so I'll do favorite art favorite artist, Drake. Um, Drake. Favorite. Okay, so favorite song. Oh, do you Drake. know what's that I'm so bad at? So I'm like, oh, I love I love this music. I love this. I don't know what the songs are called. What? <laughs> I'm so bad. Like, like, oh, I love. I like. I went to a Drake concert with my brother um, when he was touring, and I was mm. like, oh, I love this song. He's like, oh, what's it called? I'm like. No idea. I can <laughs> sing every single like word of that song, but I don't know what the song's called. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> Apple Music, open. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, okay, so favorite artist is Drake, but mm. I, I mean that's fine. There's songs that I know and I will sing to the top of my lungs. Yeah. Tell okay. me what it. Ask me what it is. About, I don't know. And Shazam mm. can't help me because I can't find it. Um, okay, so favorite type of music when you're in competition. In competition. Um, just like hip hop, R and B, like whatever's. I'm on. liking this vibe. Like every <laughs> every person we have come in and I ask this question about yeah. music, they all say hip hop and R and B. I'm loving this. This is great. I can't. I don't think I could listen to anything else. Like going to competition though. Like if I put a slow song on, I'm going to bed. Like I'm not going to go out. And okay. But when we say R and B and hip hop, are we talking? Not old school. Not old school. No. Okay. See now, now that's a bit. Yeah, different. yeah. You didn't want that said. Like, not old school. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. Because everyone else has said. 90s 90s early yeah, 2000s okay so you're more like let's say 20 i'll say 2014 like, yeah okay i can i can vibe with that that's cool <laughs> um favorite training partner mm, that's such a hard one actually who who mm. get like who who makes you switch on like you get training like okay yeah they're gonna mm-hmm. they i know they're gonna be on point so i need to be on point this session um so my like obviously my training partner groups and stuff gone yeah. a lot um last few weeks but beth partridge who's another mm. high jumper yeah um she was in my group last year as well and she's kind of like changed her setup as well so okay. like, we'll end up being training partners again this season which is nice, nice. and like she's a little bit older than me um mm. but she's like really really motivating so okay yeah. favorite place you've been on holiday um thailand Thailand. When did you go to Thailand? 2016. Okay, did you go with family or did you go with friends? I went with friends. Nice. So would you recommend 
Would you recommend Thailand? Yeah, I think it's just so cheap when you're out there as well. Like the flights getting over there are expensive, but everything out there is so cheap. And like the food's amazing. Yeah, it's great. Okay, cool. So going forward, um, what's your plans? What's your motivations? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just let us know what, what the dealio is. Um, so yeah, at the moment, obviously Tokyo being so soon, that's just the biggest goal. Mm -hmm. um, qualifying first. Yeah. Um, we need to get that done. Um, 96 is our qualifying. So okay. It's quite high. But do, you, do you think you can do it? Hope I can do it. Um, um, when will be the trials this year? June, I think. Oh, so it's back to early June again. All right. Yeah, yeah, it's early this year. Um, and then long term, probably back, back to heptathlon, really, and just seeing where that can take me. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, thank you for coming on cool. the podcast. For me. Um, it's been trust me, guys. We've been trying to get this going for a longer time, but she's a busy Sorry. lady. <laughs> it's, it's fine. She's a busy person, so you know, taste. It's like that sometimes. But um, listen, thank you so much for coming thank on. Um, thank you to YSN for sponsoring us. I'm DJ Armani, co-host Victor. Beautiful Morgan Lake. We'll see you guys soon.